Radiorakel FM 99,3. Jag ska intervjua en dam på engelsk som bor, bor här i Norge men som är mer komfortabel med att snacka engelsk. Welcome to, to the program. I'm so happy that you could come here today. You're an activist, researcher and intuitive plant medicine woman. I'd like to, to talk a bit about life and a bit about plants and uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank What? you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. First, um, there's a question that I ask all of the people who uh, come here. So the name of this program is, is in Norwegian, it's Ugres, which means weeds. Um, and I wonder if you have a favorite weed, like, it's hard to favor plants because they're all so fantastic and we're dependent on, on all of them, but is, is, um, is there any particular one that you, uh, that you have a relation to? I have a couple. Yeah. Thinking about yarrow, because mm -hmm. I have been developing a special relationship, I think, with her. Yeah, it's not the first plant I started to work with. I um, I started like with the more common like sage or rosemary, some of the other aromatics. But because I'm interested in women and health, uh, there was something about yarrow that really was calling me. Mm. And uh, first it was a very intense encounter, I would say, uh, where it was more like dark, I would describe it, more like taking me deep into the darkness, and then I pulled out a bit. Uh -huh. And uh, and when yeah. you say dark, wh what do you mean? Mm, it was connecting me with the... Uh, my ancestry and I think in in my case because I have um, ancestry from from Africa eh, and from Spain and it's been a result I'm like a result of colonization and it's something that is not much talked about or explored eh, and it's like yeah the, them and us the Spanish and the Africans and then also the native Indians. I'm from Puerto Rico, so we have the, this mm. um, three yeah. uh, lines, mm. uh, ancestral lines. Uh, and Yarrow was kind of calling me there. And uh, for some reason I wasn't ready. It was very don't know, connecting me to some of an the ancestral grief and anger of uh, women slaves. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of like shaking me. Mm, that sounds like a very powerful meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time, I, I, I was working with the flower essence. And then I was like, oops, this is too much, too quick. And, uh, but still I, I was, 
trying to understand, trying to like, okay, what, what shall I do to prepare myself to this important uh, work? Yeah. <coughs> um, then, yes, I kept the connection. I just didn't turn my back, but I was more like, yeah, what is this all about? And then this year, it it has come more like a compassionate, supportive energy and connection. So I think about the yeah mm. the compassionate aspect of plants also to meet us where we are. I think it's about relationship, yeah. and and relationship comes consent. So it has to be consent from those both parts. Yeah, that opening. Ah, so you feel like more from your part for consent rather than the yarrow consenting, if I understand you right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the yarrow was sort of willing to be in this uh, relationship, but it, um, but it was a challenge in the beginning for you. Hmm. And can you tell me like more about the place where, where you first encountered this plant? Yes, it's... Uh, that's also an interesting question because it was here in, in Norway. Yarrow is one of those plants that's growing very commonly, like yeah. widespread. And there's a patch in my house. There's like a wild area. We grow some vegetables and we have like a wild flower patch. And mm. um, so it's mm. there yeah. every day uh, for me. But I also see it. Like when I go to the supermarket, when I go to school. Mm. So it's like she's there, yeah. always like reminding me, yeah. hey, I'm here. Like I want to, you know, mm. to be in relationship. I want to support you. And, and also my opening of also being willing to be in relationship. Oh, it's so nice that uh, experience of ha having the plant all around, yeah, turning up. Yeah, it's uh, interesting because again back to the question of place. Mm. Uh, I'm originally from Puerto Rico, so yarrow is not a plant that I grew up with, but that I came to learn about it after I was interested in women's health and that I was interested in in yarrow because its connection to supporting mm. women's health. So it has also meant a lot about my connection to this place. It has. Ah open that also, that mm. portal of connecting to Norway yes. uh, and a person who is from a totally different climate and landscape and ancestry. And mm. Mm. And oh, that's so positive that uh, the plant can, you know, can connect us in that way. Yes. Mm. <laughs> really good to hear because, yeah, there are these strong plants, these strong female plants all over the world, right? And, uh, and we can connect to them. Mm. Can you tell us more about your journey before this plant meeting? Wow, yeah, it's been a journey. I was thinking about it. Where did it start? And I think for me, it came with uh, becoming a mother. Yes. So this kind of rite of passage, this transition that is often, mm, I don't want to say undermined, but it's not honor, I think, in the ways that women need to be honor and supported. True, and I, I think it's so lovely the way you kind of light up when you talk about <laughs> being a mother and <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's, uh, it's a very valuable thing. So after I became a mother, I gave birth here 
in, in Norway. It was uh, an opportunity to connect back to my body, whereas uh, before I had been living and doing my work and activism from, um, I don't know how to explain it, but from more from a doing very goal-oriented way. Mm. And uh, motherhood is a very embodied experience. So it's like coming back to the body and honoring the ways in which the body supports us every day. So I started to connect more to my moon cycle and the different phases. How do, you, how do you connect with your moon cycle? I'm working with the four phases of menstruation moon cycle. Mm. There's like two main phases, the follicular phase, where it's mostly, mostly uh, dominated by estrogen, and then the, the yeah. luteal phase, which is dominated more uh, by progesterone. And within those two main phases, there are two subphases, the pre-ovulatory phase and the ovulatory phase, which is like the first 14, approximately 14 days of the cycle. And then after ovulation, it's like the premenstrual mm. and the menstrual phase of the cycle. And I think no one had explained <laughs> that to me before. And each, each part of the cycle has different, you embody it in a different way. Like in the estrogenic phase, you're more like outward. You can concentrate more. You can be more like outward, nurturing, uh, giving mm. phase. And then the progesterone, the second part of the, the phase, you're preparing, right, to nurture that ovule. And in a way, if you become pregnant, to hold a baby. So you're more inward and you're more like wanting to be resting and in, in silence. And it's the part of the cycle that some women also find sometimes more difficult because mm. of the premenstrual syndrome and maybe some pain, some emotions, more yeah. sensitivity, because we're more permeable to our surrounding and more vulnerable, and we want to be more, like, nurtured. Mm. Uh, and I think the way we work in society is only, like, it wants to be in the estrogenic phase all the time. Yeah. It doesn't work like <laughs> no. that with our cycle. So, but what has it meant for you to sort of to look at this and to, to see that? Yeah, I think it has helped me understand uh, my needs better, that it's okay to rest, it's okay to, you know, when I'm feeling tired, to say I'm tired and I mm. would like some help and yes. asking oh, for help. That's so good. That's really useful. Mm. Not so useful. No. And also this second part of our cycle, like boundaries are very important. If, if you don't understand your needs, then you cannot set the boundaries mm. in a way that will support you. So looking at it more in a cyclical way helps you. It's not like justify, but it's kind of to, yeah, it's okay. It's okay because my body and my hormones and my, you know, yeah. um, is asking me to go into this mm. different setting. Yeah. So in a way, I like it that every month. You know, you can go through the cycle and you can reset mm. the end and <laughs> look forward to the next uh, mm. cycle yeah. and that it will be 
different mm -hmm. or that, you know, you can also take stock and see what worked, what emotions came up mm. and maybe dive uh, deeper. Yeah. Why am I feeling angry? What am I feeling sad? And also that it's okay to feel sad and to right. feel angry and to, to embrace right. all the spectrum of emotions that mm. come. And do you see Yarrow like, within that uh, in a particular place? or mm, I see Yarrow a lot into what I call the, the healer archetype. Where also like the four phases of the cycle, like it's kind of like a mid-storytelling uh, mm. um, aspect of it. So Yarrow, it's supporting or I said embodied in the premenstrual part of our cycle uh, with healing, with helping also with any discomfort. Yeah, I, mm. I, I use it when I'm like feeling like I need a bit of support. Mm. I take my, yeah my yarrow <laughs> companion it's really nice and uh this this whole thing about with the, the cycle and the, the four archetype archetypes that you mentioned I, i've actually been on a workshop with you about about this and i really enjoyed it it was a, a women's self-care workshop and we sort of dived into these things also with plants but with uh, other tools that you have yeah so Mm. Yeah, it's lovely that you have uh, that you uh, that you share this. Um, I want to go back to your journey and and how you got to where you are now. <laughs> so you said that um, there was a transition uh, when you became mother, uh, where the cycle became uh, uh, important uh, for you. Mm. And before then, you were an activist um, and were wor were working in a bit of a different way. Um, can you say more about uh, your activist uh, sort of side of you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I Before coming to Norway, I was working in Iraq, in the Middle East, in the north, northern part of Iraq, uh, with women's rights and also with environmental rights. So uh, I was working on water issues. Um, specifically, there's a big river, like an ancient river, the Tigris River, yeah. that runs through Turkey into Iraq. And uh, so I was working with um, something called transboundary water issues, which is like disputes between countries regarding water issues. Mm. Um, and I was also working in the south of Iraq, where there is a very special environment biodiversity mm. uh, called the Iraqi marshes. So it's kind of like swamps uh, where there's water buffaloes and it's, um, it's like lakes that come with the seasons, with the different tides of, you know, when there's no melt, the water comes yeah. and then floods. So these lakes form and there's all this biodiversity, these water buffaloes that live in that a special bioregion that are now threatened because of hydropower dam constructions upstream. So I was doing a lot of advocacy uh, both in the local communities and trying to connect the needs of the local communities with international frameworks of uh, water and economic, social, uh, political rights. But I was doing it more like a you know, this is the right of the people to have access to water. Yeah. 
as a human right, where mm. now I see it more like people have the right to be in relationship with the land and to live in in that ecosystem that supports supports their culture, their beliefs, their the way they live every day, right. fishing from the lakes, taking their buffaloes where they take the milk and make yogurt and and you know growing the the reed that uh, grows there that they make their houses from uh, so I see it more as supporting life yeah uh, not only like a political human yeah not only yeah, human right. life and then with women I was working on honor killings uh, because uh, in the Kurdish society and in some of the Middle Eastern cultures still uh, women are not respected and valued as equal. It's interesting. I think of like Kurdish culture as being very empowered, like female uh, sort of warriors and all the dances and all of these things. Mm. Um, there is also a darker side, I would say. Like yeah. it's beautiful. I was living there, and I I agree with you. It's all the this, you know, like uh, pride for their culture and the mm. way they have endured yeah. all the, you know, the genocide and being without a state. Uh, but also there's still like a very strong tribal culture yeah. where women are seen uh, as uh, holding the honor of the family, like the carriers of that honor. And if they don't marry a certain family member or of the tribe that was chosen for them, if they want to study and they want to go abroad, if they go against their family saying they can be killed. And we had many women that were killed mm. uh, while I was working there. And uh, we were working with the community leaders, with the legal system, because it's still like a double legal system is a tribal system and there is a court right and then you need so many witnesses and if there's a woman witness you need so many to yeah. su that supports her it's not only her word but it has to be right as yeah. many as if it was a man it's <sighs> just a man so I... and then when i came here i was like joining these two mm. passions of activism for the environment and for women's uh, rights and uh, decided to do this this program but yeah but before that I was yeah so I came here I became a mother I had all this everything that I believed aside mm. what it meant to be a woman kind of also crushed because when I had my daughter everything like was like how can I support her and how can I nurture her and how can I you know, be there for her in an embodied way. Yes. I felt like all that I had before didn't serve for the new, you know, threshold I was crossing.
plants play a big role because I started to connect to the to the weeds the, or the you know the plants that we've always grown and seen how can we depend less on the food industry for example so food as a as a political thing you know why mm. do we have to grow take vegetables from Spain that there is drought there so we're like importing water that belongs to you know the land in yeah. Spain yeah and you know we're eating all these kind of foods that are grown in South Africa in Kenya in Latin America so that was the activist part of me like questioning everything questioning the health system questioning the food system even questioning the kindergarten the whole fabric of Norwegian society was something mm. very strong and at the same time I felt like alone in a way like who am I to question all these you know powers that I, I know have to be questioned but how yeah you know yeah so then I kind of came into this framework of ecofeminism which joins environment and woman and that uh, sees the current system as like focusing on production what well, we need to kind of turn flip it into reproduction supporting our reproduction our relationships our nurturing mm. of these relationships yeah which i see it more as a encompassing all the values that I think are important and I think plants have been there all the way in in so many different ways to support me so then I started to do you know to collect to learn about the the plants that were I didn't know really because it wasn't my environment but I started to pick up books and go to tour, you know, like around the forest and identifying stuff. And I really had a sense of belonging. I, I just can't describe it in another way. It was like when you are there with the plants and with the flowers and with the trees, it's so nurturing. But it was difficult. It, it wasn't like, hey, plants, now we are like, yeah, I'm here. It, yeah. It, it took a lot of letting go of guilt and shame that I wasn't worthy to engage with these other beings. I don't know if, if in your experience... I, I recognize that, yeah. That I can't... Who am I to pick this flower? Who am I to cut this branch? Yeah. If, you know, if we are like... Yeah. Uh, if we are like damaging the environment, who am I to, you know, pick this... Yeah, the whole, like, the human kind of destruction, I guess we, we carry some kind of uh, guilt uh, individually as well. But I think the plants were also very generous in yes. that. And yeah. It had taken, I think it's just recently now that I feel after maybe like four or five years, we are part and we are equals and we... we all respect to the plants, but that if we do it with consent and with a relationship, it's the plants want to be in relationship with us too. Absolutely. I really feel that they, they see us as part of them. 
yeah, or as part of uh, the land uh, where they live. But um, it's hard to understand that because, <laughs> yeah, because of all the difficult things. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, we live in this hierarchy, right? Like humans are above plants or above animals and then we need to, you know, kill them. The discussion I have in the last interview um, I did with uh, Irina Tashido and we had this discussion about how we talk about plants, about how um, we call them like useful plants uh, or this kind of thing, whereas actually... Or toxic plants yes, or like... Yeah, or you know, medicinal, edible plants. So actually the way we speak about them it is quite significant and like it's really lovely the way you sp speak about them. You you say he or she, you've, uh, or you say, like, you talk about this relationship mm. uh, where it's, um, it's two-way. It's, two it's not just, like, I picked up this um, toothbrush and brushed my teeth. It's like, I valued, actually, that this is a loving, living plant and took it from there. I, I think it's difficult to articulate when we have been socialized to think that the other beings are not as worthy as us because we can think yes or now research uh, demonstrates that plants can think right like trees communicate so they have a language they can think they can be in relationship i think we yes. have to learn a lot and it's so at least for me it's really habitual the way i speak about plants it's hard to like to see myself as i talk and to like pick up those habits and change them around because before I know it, I'm like, I've said something, and then afterwards I'm like, oh, damn. Like, do I still use that language? It means that I still think in that way. Mm. When it comes to the land, and, like, now, now you're here in Norway, and you have this uh, relation to where you are, um, do you have any thoughts about the land, or uh, the landscape where you grew up, uh, and the land here? Like, can you say anything? <laughs> mm. <laughs> about that Oof, that's uh, difficult I mean I, I, I think I, I'm settled here so I have a deeper connection to the land here now uh, but that also has helped me to when I go home I also try to you know practice the same respect the same relationship the same way of interacting with plants even though I might not also know them as well as I now have built a relationship with yarrow or nettle or mm. but I'm yeah I'm learning and I'm trying and for example I I brought some artemisa from home and I some prickled how do you call it? The, the babies, you know? Yeah, prickling, uh, Prick. a little um, cutter. Yeah. yeah. So I planted them here and I saw them uh, grow. I brought also like some seeds accidentally because I had like a dried plant and when I opened it, all the seeds came out. I was like, oh, maybe this is an opportunity to develop this relationship. So, mm. so yeah, I, I grew the seeds. I grew some tomato seeds and actually that was very 
powerful because it I nurtured the plant, I ate the fruits, and then I returned the branches to the soil. So now this this seed that was from a tomato from Puerto Rico is now sitting here in Norway. Mm, so that, in that, compost, yeah. Yeah, that felt very special. Mm. Uh, but it's something I'm working also how to develop a deeper relationship to those landscapes that are within me, like the sea. I, I cannot articulate how the sea has shaped me, like mm. coming from an island and living there for 30 years. And I miss it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow, the sea mm. is so powerful, mm. yeah. But I guess I, I cannot live in two places, right? So I have to develop the relationship in the place I yes, am. Yes, but as you say, you do carry it in you somehow. Or how do you feel? like? Hmm. It's something I'm actively exploring. I'm following the work of Sharon Blackie. I told you this. Uh, that I'm reading the book of Is If Woman Rose Rooted, and she yeah. talks about this uh, a lot, that you have to develop a relationship with the place you're living, even though you don't feel comfortable or even though you think that's not the place you're going to live forever, but that you do owe a respect and relationship to place and how it nurtures you mm. physically, mm. emotionally. Yeah. So in that sense, I'm working here, but also mm. I said like, how place has shaped me. Yes. So I'm now kind of exploring that. Or for mm. example, how the landscape in Iraq shaped me and nurtured me in that particular stage and made me who I am now because yeah. I was there and because I was in Puerto Rico. And I mean, you're born in the place for a reason. I, I believe the water is like, for me, a big aspect of my also personality. I'm very emotional. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Have you been out on the fjords uh, at all, in uh, Oslo Fjord? Yes, I was in Gairange. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. in the fjord a few years ago. Mm -hmm. and it, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I, I mm. felt like a sense of like, yeah, the water yeah. is connecting me somehow to, mm. to the place. I mean, a fjord is not the same as, a, as the ocean. Um, but for me, I really enjoy going out on the Oslo Fjord and the islands and sort of, I feel like, uh, yeah, just being there mm. <laughs> can be nice. Sometimes. Yeah, I like, uh, yeah, the islands, Hovedo, yeah? Yes. Yeah, I also oh, like there special. a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's very special. Mm -hmm. So, but you said um, in the beginning when we were talking about Yarrow that somehow the connection to Yarrow has also brought your ancestry um, in the forefront, so somehow this plant that is not native to where you were born mm. uh, still brings out uh, your ancestry and connects you in that way. So that I think that's quite beautiful how the land can address in mm. that way. Yeah, it can speak to you to uh, where you are and where you need to work and where you need support. Mm. And I'm interested in the way you see plants and uh, you want to work with plants moving forward now. I think now I started with physical, doing tinctures and uh, oils and salvies. Uh, 
and that was really powerful to know that you can use the medicine of the physical plan but now I think I'm moving more into the psycho-spiritual um, working with vibrational medicine with flower essences can you say more about what that really is flower essence is like a um, vibrational imprint of the flower in water so you take water and you take a bloom a flower that is bloom and you put it on the sun ideally I mean there can be other ways depending like if it's um, if it's cloudy it's also okay Mm. Uh, but then you leave it there to imprint the energy of that plant. And this is, maybe some people know the back flowers. So, the, yeah, it's, it's the same uh, thing. And it's based on that flowers, like us, are multidimensional beings that have also personality and spirit. Uh, and uh, that they are, you know, the bloom is like the most radiant, flourishing part of the plant. Mm. So they have realized the potential of the plant, you know, from being a seed to become a flower. So in that sense, they can help us to work with emotions and things that feel stuck. They can help us to move on different things and break patterns or traumas or things we might have related to our purpose. So this is what I've been exploring now, like following the tinctures and the oils. So now I've been attracted to do work with this, mm-hmm. to share it more with, with people that could be receptive to that. How would you want to share it? Well, maybe people want to learn how to do flower essences that are from flowers that they know. I I do it with flowers uh, from here, from around, to develop a deeper connection Mm. uh, to themselves and to the medicine that the plant wants to, you know, give. And to be that more in relationship in, you know, in the general sense, to break that duality, that separation. I think that's uh, the theme that has been speaking to me more that we are we are nature it's not plants and us it's like we are parts and this was before i didn't understand it i was like these are plants and we are us we are different yes yeah but now i it's become more and more strong i feel like it's really ripe uh this, this thing right now yeah but it's a process it takes time to one thing is to kind of like it as a theory, but another thing is to, to feel it and, and have some understanding of it or personal relation to that. Yeah, so maybe people are in different places, but it's, it's okay. It's okay yeah. to meet people where they are. and Maybe if they just want to sit with a flower, that's enough. And if they're open, if people are open, if I think it's, about opening your heart and not having any expectations that, you know, it should be something concrete. It's just, mm. like, open to receive. And it's really nice when you receive. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it's... I think it's also... I find it challenging to explain it yes. to people without sounding, like, strange. Like, yeah. what <laughs> is she talking about? Mm. It's 
hard to talk about because it's not really something that's about words. I mean, it's not like you have a chat with a plant, like like a conversation um, using words. Mm. Um, at least, I mean, maybe some people do, but that's not what we're talking about. Right? I think it's also important because that opens you to your own senses, to your own intuition, to trust more in what you feel like. Mm. This feels right. This doesn't feel right. I mean, you can start yeah. very simple. Yeah, and to notice all of the things that are happening, like both inside the body and around, because there are some very subtle, like small things that it's so easy to oversee, but then actually maybe they are actually significant. Um, and I think this, when when you're outside in a natural environment, then these things can, uh, they, they, yeah. It, it makes, for me, it's been really useful to notice just very small, subtle things in the body in relation to the surroundings. Because we, we do adjust wherever we are, like, like standing in a lift, going up a massive building, that will have a different response in our body than being in the forest or sitting in this studio. Um, you know, it's, we are kind of part of our surroundings. Mm. Uh, and hence, we, we also respond a lot to other people, like... At least I change a lot depending on who I'm with. And it's kind of the same, um, yeah. With plants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, interesting you talked about, yeah, embodying, right? Like not only thinking about it, but like feeling. Maybe you get goosebumps, maybe you get cold or warm. And this might not come easy because we're not used to feeling or being in our or senses. Noticing, or noticing, yeah. Me. Because it happens all the time, but do we like being able to access that? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, I also think I'm in that stage of noticing. Like I, fe I feel I, with people, I can notice a lot, but now in this new exploration of the world, the, you know, the natural world and being out, how do you notice, how do you perceive these sm small changes, these yeah. interactions. And also, I've, the way that we're talking about in relation to plants, it becomes a very personal relation. So like now in the beginning of this conversation, we spoke about yarrow and, and you told a bit about your personal relation to that plant. But when we're talking to you as a listener, it might be that you have a different experience of that plant. Um, and so it's it's I've, it's a bit hard sometimes to separate like what is it that is general for this plant that's true for everyone, like yarrow is sort of okay because we know that it's a woman's herb and it's been used in that way for um, for as long as living memory goes or or you know written, <laughs> um, but it's also hard in a way to separate to what is about our relationship to the plant and what is about the p relationship between the plant and people or relationship to that plant in itself. No, yeah, I was going to say it's, you can read stuff in a book. You can read about the herbal actions, about the energetics, about the constituents. And But for me, it's been the op opposite or like trying to le learn the plant from a personal experience. Yeah. And then trying to read right. what, it, what it was. For I don't know, I have a very powerful experience where I fell and I was, uh, I had a very big scar in my knee. And at the same time, I had yarrow in my backpack. 
and I knew it, it was used to stop bleeding and and I was like it was very powerful to know that I I just had what I needed in my backpack to stop the bleeding and to heal the wound and I had read it just yes. kind of happened like a few days ago I, I knew this plan mm-hmm. could be for this and then it happened to me and then I was like and 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 did it uh did it help or did it make a difference I put it and yeah it was a very bad uh, wound you know yeah and yeah I just put it there and it helped yeah Uh, yeah that's lovely sort of yeah but the powerful thing was like knowing that I had also made a salve and you know that I had the medicine for the wound and to heal the wound and to take care mm. of what I so I wasn't that upset about the yeah the you know the about accident the, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah but I mean you make different meanings right it's also like I find this this is a lot about storytelling and the, the stories we carry and that are kind of awakened by the relationship with the with the plant. I had this experience about my ancestors, but that was my personal experience. I don't know if it would be for you or for another person that might be listening. It's like, oh, I want to do the ancestors, you know, and then you yeah. bathe with yarrow. It's yeah. not like that. I think every Maybe plant other plants might be relevant for different people according to their, yeah, their family. and I don't know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it's an invitation to open ourselves to the plants that are around us and question the you know the names or how we talk, like is this a weed oh, okay let's take that away and mm. and mm. see what is this plant good for it's like dandelion yeah. you know it's like everywhere and it's like persistent and it's like you know having this encounter is like yeah wow you're growing like on the corner of the you know the road like it's about resiliency and it's about standing on your ground and on your truth that no matter what people call you you're still you know worthy and valuable and you know yeah there yeah just because you are right so yeah Mm. even the smallest or the the weediest of the weeds can you know have a Definitely important information. Yeah, I mean, I, I in this program I use uh, the the name weeds just kind of to tease the sort of human perception of of what plants are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else um, you want to say? There was something I wanted to bring, maybe also to share with you. See what do you think? Because I was exploring also this idea of healing the land and I think we talked about a bit maybe in when we were in the workshop yes yeah uh, and suddenly I have this reflection that maybe we don't need to heal the land maybe that it's okay we're just showing up and there's I mean the healing is is not for the land like we don't need to save the land which is kind of against my activist way of thinking like yeah we have to protect this and we have to save yeah but what if we didn't need to we just needed to be present and in relationship and maybe that would take care of a lot of other you know it's more like the being instead of doing i think this is so lovely and i think you know even if 
Yeah, I don't know uh, if we have to do or how we have to do, but just the first step of being and acknowledging the land or the, the sort of the life there and being in relationship with that, you know, that's that's the first step. It's like when you meet someone, you don't sort of start kind of giving them a massage at once, you know, you first kind of say hello and, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, and uh, sort of initiate that, uh, even if you've been in the same room with them. Uh, all your life, you you know, you start that relationship with them by just acknowledging their presence, and then, and then maybe that's all that's needed, or 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 maybe at the same time we we do, um, we do things. I, I don't know, but I yeah, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You don't go and fix people just because you can or because you think you know how to fix them. Yeah. So yeah, it's the same. Mm. <laughs> Thanks for this uh, conversation. I really enjoyed it. And mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Johanna Rivera. That's um, Ingress today. Yeah. Guten Tag. <laughs> <laughs>